The US earnings season is getting into full swing and US equities seem to suggest there's a certain amount of optimism around, at least today. But is it really justified? The UK inflation numbers are out today. Uh, we got to hear how concerned the Bank of England governor is about wage inflation yesterday. And the RBA's Philip Lowe talking this morning after those fairly hawkish RBA minutes released yesterday. But do we know really how fast they're going to lift rates or what is their neutral rate that they are aiming for? And how many people have flicked the switch on Netflix? It's Wednesday, the 20th of July, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, another fall in the US dollar this morning. I think the rest of the world would actually be quite relieved if it had peaked when it got up to 108 on the DXY. Today, it's down another 0.6% to 106.7. That is because the euro has gained 0.8% against the US dollar. Parity is just a fleeting concept, but I suspect it might be back there. The Aussie dollar is up 1.3%, up to 69 US cents. The pound up 0.4%. Not much movement in US treasuries this morning. Yields up two basis points for 10 year, uh, but almost six for two years in the United States, now at 3.22%, up six basis points for 10-year bonds, as well, bonds, I should say, as well this morning in Germany. U.S. equities, well, they were down this time yesterday, so obviously today they are up. We've got a 3.1% rise in the Nasdaq at close, 2.8% for the S&P 500 and 2.4% for the Dow and further moves up in Europe as well. The DAX up 2.7% at close on Tuesday, the FTSE 100 up 1% and oil continuing with its latest rally. Brent is up uh, almost another 1%, pushing it well over $107 and we've got a 1.3% rise in WTI as well. So Rodrigo Cotrill is with me this morning uh, from NAB in Sydney. So US equities up again, the pessimistic investors of obviously taking the day off. It's the glass half full people who've gone to work today and they seem to expect, well, is it positive earning results or is it they're looking and thinking, well, okay, things aren't going to get any worse. They're pretty bad, but all of that is priced in. So let's look at the upside. What's happening? Uh, Morning, Phil. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a hard one to, to really interpret because um, I think there's been a combination of things. One, uh, the, the ECV news or reports that um, um, the ECB is considering a, a 50 rather than 25 basis point hike has been uh, a big factor in terms of the currency moves. Uh, as you mentioned, the, the euro has uh, been moving higher. Uh, and it's interesting just to, to point out that it seems, um, you know, central banks are now doing policy via newspapers, which is, you know, uh, if you recall, the, the Fed did with the Wall Street Journal. And now if it turns out that the ECB is actually hiking by 50, um, you know, it's, it's, it's strange, but, uh, it is one way of communicating things at the moment. Um, so, uh, the market is, it's, it's obviously the euros is moving higher on that basis, but, um, it's hard to get too excited about that in the sense that, um, you know, uh, you know, the ECB is hiking in a scenario where inflation is running high and in a scenario where, you know, if reports are to be believed, um, the, the gas pipeline from Russia is, is only going to be partially open. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and now Europe is is seriously preparing itself for reducing demand in gas. So when you look at the outlook for Europe, um, as we've been saying for quite some time, we remain very concerned as we head into winter that Europe is heading into a big recession uh, simply by the fact that, you know, no energy means no growth. And um, that is basically the scenario here. And now we have a scenario that the ECB is hiking um, into a slowdown of growth. So the growth scenario is, is even worse, if you like. So, so U.S. equities um, are doing well because everyone's going, well, at least we're not Europeans. I mean, is, <laughs> well, is that what's happening? Because, no, so, I mean, they're not doing so well, well themselves as well. Because, I mean, Johnson & Johnson shares down 2% today because their Q2 results, their net earnings are down almost a quarter for Q2. 
uh, based on Q2 last year. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a consumer staple that's not doing very well. Yes. So, so to us at the moment, given the, this economic backdrop, um, the, the rebound that we've seen in equities, uh, it needs to be seen from the fact that we're coming from a, an oversold position. Uh, you know, we've been quite pessimistic and, and markets have been uh, quite a risk averse. Uh, so the, the bounce from these low levels is, is, is coming, you know, we need to just bear that in mind. And, and when we look at sort of the backdrop, uh, it's hard to get too excited about uh, the potential for this rebound to, to become more sustainable. So uh, for now, we remain cautious. Also, typically what we've seen when we've seen big central banks, uh, you know, preparing for, for a big announcement, uh, there's that classic scenario of, you know, uh, buying the rumor and selling the fact in a sense. So we're still very wary about what's going on in Europe in terms of the market reaction. And, and, and we, you know, we can't get too excited about you know, this positivity, if you like, coming as the, as the euro moves higher. So 50 basis points, you think, is what is going to happen uh, tomorrow for the for the ECB. And you, you're right about the, the pipeline not opening, perhaps ever. So Johan Hahn, who's the budget commissioner at the European Commission, uh, saying uh, overnight, we are working on the assumption that it doesn't return to operation. And in that case, certain additional measures need to be taken. He doesn't actually say what they, they are, not quite, what are they going to do? Burn their books that you, you know, get through winter by... Taking all your old clothes and having a bonfire in the back garden, you know, <laughs> take the bed out of the spare bedroom. I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. Is the you know how they are going to get over this problem? Yeah, well, uh, overnight now we had news coming from the European Union saying that they're going to propose a 15% cut in in natural gas. At this stage, it's going to be a voluntary uh, 15% cut, but at the same time, the Commission is also asking uh, countries to um, to devise a plan as to how you would cut down energy and, and where would the priorities be in terms of who gets the energy when, when the energy is, redu- is reduced. So certainly Europe is preparing for, for that outcome. Are they preparing um, I mean, I mean, this is all very late, isn't it? You know, and then, you know, the defragmentation tool, I mean, what, what's that going to be? And we've got Mario well, Draghi. Yeah, so, you know, exactly. all, of, the, so, all so, of this is happening in the last minute. And Mario Draghi making an address to the Italian parliament very soon. I mean, is that going to be his resignation? You know, is he going to say, I can't hold this government together? Uh, you know, it's all, it's all got too hard for me. Look, I'm 74. I've probably got, you know, he's probably got a nice holiday house somewhere. So, uh, you know, all of this political disruption as well, all of it because they're not prepared, That's I'd say. All, all, and, and we got to remember that it, because of this and because of concerns of fragmentation, uh, tomorrow's meeting is also going to be about this anti-fragmentation tool. Uh, what we think is a big challenge, not only is finding a compromise around this, uh, in terms of what this tool looks like and how uh, and what are the triggers for for the tool to come uh, to become effective, it's very difficult to um, to decide. You know what what a fair widening of you know Italian government spreads to bonds is. You know there are reasons why it's widening because people are concerned about you know the the viability of the government. So um, when should the ECB step in to to lean against it? It's, it's a very difficult decision. Um, you know, to justify, if you like, from from a market mm. perspective. Now, in the UK, Andrew Bailey made his uh, Mansion House speech in London. Uh, the uh, that you know, saying that the Bank of England is very concerned about wage pressures on inflation. He said they can't control those external factors like the war or supplies from China, but they do need to dampen wage expectations. And you can see why, because the UK employment data 
it shows what a strange environment we're in, isn't it? Because, you know, we're almost certainly heading into a recession in the UK. We've got the cost of living squeeze, but still plenty of jobs. Lots more people working. 296,000 extra jobs in April, uh, up from 177,000 extra jobs in March. So, you know, the uh, employment is spiralling upwards. And the expectation was actually that number was was going to fall. So there we are. Forecasters getting it wrong again. Yeah. So I suppose here the, the message coming from Governor Bailey is that, now a 50 basis point hike uh, is part of the consideration, uh, notwithstanding the fact that he still remains very concerned about the fact that this demand destruction that is occurring, given that prices are so elevated, uh, do suggest to the bank that, you know, when inflation starts coming down, it may come down very, very quickly. Um, and therefore, leaning against it or increasing hikes very aggressively against that scenario could exacerbate the medium-term outlook. So they're trying to juggle these inflationary pressures that are right here today against the fact or the risk of, of over-tightening and, and making things work worse a, a little bit later. So, um, But at the moment, given the language and, and given what we've seen by other central banks and, and even what the market is pricing, um, you know, the 50 basis point hike now for the Bank of England becomes a strong consideration. Yeah, that 50 basis points, he said, yes, it's on the table, didn't he? Uh, but it's not baked, yeah. not baked in. Well, obviously, it's not. I mean, that would ruin the table if you did that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> what's the point of having a meeting? <laughs> well, he, but the decision is always up to the committee, he said, which is the usual central bank disclaimer, isn't it? But, I mean, do, he's saying it's going to come down again. I'm, I'm just wondering how. You know, if he's saying it's those external factors and they're trying to control the wage push inflation, those external factors, I mean, we're not seeing any movements in China and obviously the war just seems to be getting worse. Um, yes, it is. It is getting worse. Um, but the, um, in terms of, uh, to me, the issue is that inflation in the UK is going to rise even more than what it is now. So when you're talking about inflation reaching, reaching 11%, when it comes down, sure, it, it, it has to come down given it's so elevated. But uh, um, for central banks to be comfortable, you need to see that inflation reading to come down all the way down to like 3 to 2%. And, and that's a long way. And, and to have a high degree of certainty next year. that you know, you're going to see this it's 7% decline, it, that, that's yeah, where the challenge that's not is. Happen, is it? I wouldn't have thought. Look, the RBA minutes yesterday, they were pretty hawkish, but. Uh, not a clear indication was there about you know uh, what they are aiming for, how quick they're going to move, what the neutral interest rate is. Uh, you know, still lots of questions. Lots of questions, but certainly a, a, a hawkish tone from both the, the governor and, and uh, the deputy governor Bullock as well in in his speech yesterday. So um, there's that acknowledgement that they're not sure where neutral is, somewhere around two and a half, maybe three percent. Uh, but there's certainly also the observation that uh, they need to or they want to take the cash rate back towards the neutral level uh, in, quite quickly. Um, so where the neutral level is, is somewhere around two and a half. And now because of inflation, they're saying, well, maybe it's probably close to 3%. So um, so we need to prepare, as we've seen with other central banks, for the RBA to take the cash rate quite quickly to that 50, level. 50, 75, what's the expectation now for next month? Well, that, that is really the debate. And, and um, as much as the, uh, the market is still grappling with, you know, exactly what the, the probability is right now, um, what, what, what we got to bear in mind um, is that uh, we, next week we're going to have the inflation reading. And we think that it's going to be quite, quite a strong number. Um, so uh, that plays to the view that as much as at the moment we, you know, the, the market is pricing around, 
uh, I think it's 53, yes, 53 basis points of hikes. So basically a 50 basis point hike is priced in, but uh, 75, not, not really. Um, but when that inflation number comes next week, um, the risk is that that will ratchet up very quickly, mm. uh, as we've seen in, in, in other countries as well. Well, uh, Philip Lowe, the RBA governor, is uh, talking at the Australian Strategic Business Forum in Melbourne this morning. His, his, the title of his talk is Inflation, Productivity and the Future of Money. So maybe he'll give some hints on uh, when what the next hike is going to be or what the neutral rate is. Who knows? But uh, uh, we'll listen out for that. Look, uh, Tapas put out a, a, a note which I thought was interesting in that it, it showed in one chart how Australians are still buying goods. I mean, I know this is part of the problem, isn't it? I mean, services picked up from the losses that we saw in 2020 and 2021 because, of course, it you know, nosedived during the, the, the pandemic years. Uh, and it's it's now higher than the beginning of the pandemic. But goods, you know, that we were that we were buying through those pandemic years to keep ourselves occupied. Demand for those hasn't slipped away, has it? They are still a lot higher than uh, pre-lockdown. This is, you know, using data from the ABS, their monthly household spending indicator. And surely if we're going to see inflation contained, we need to see, I mean, services and goods uh, falling back down again. Well, that that is the challenge, right? And it's not just a, an Australian phenomenon, but a, it's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon where we've seen that the expectation was that goods were going to decline quite significantly, offsetting that increase that we would see from services. And, and at the moment, that goods number is not coming down. And the concern, of course, is that you still have a very strong labour market. Um, and in many places, not, not in Australia yet, you're also seeing that labour market also being supported by you know, significant wage increases, although from a nominal perspective or real perspective, you know, once you take inflation into account, it's not so much. But um, that that is the challenge, that that decline is not happening as quickly. Um, saying that when you look at sort of leading indicators that have contributed to, to that rise, there are reasons to be optimistic that we've seen a decline, you know, uh, the issues around inventories being elevated, so place to the view that you will see some price reductions. Um, whilst at the same time, the costs involving in those goods for transporting through to the supply chain is also showing signs of easing. So there, there are reasons to believe that we will start seeing a decline over the coming six months. Uh, the challenge, however, is that services are still rising and, and people still you know, want to go on holidays. People still want to do things they haven't been able to, to do over the past couple of years. So um, it remains challenging in that sense. Right. Well, today, coming up, uh, tell me which one of these you want to talk about. First of all, we've got China's loan prime rates are going to be announced. I mean, no problems with inflation there. I mean, because obviously they're at a, a different stage to, to the rest of us. Canada's inflation rate heading up from 7.7%. Uh, I do wonder, you know, how, how high all of these countries are going to get are we going to find that everybody ultimately ends up in in double digits is it going to get that bad and uh, u.s housing no surprising it's slowing down uh, we get more numbers today uh, but we saw building permits down 0.6 percent in june on top of that seven uh, percent fall in may uh, and housing starts in june down two percent on, on on the month so we get more housing data as well don't we today Yes, and then there's also the UK inflation. So in terms oh, of yeah, inflation, of yeah. in terms of inflation, as you say, the the numbers both for for Canada and for the UK are expected to increase yet again. Um, and I suppose for for both central banks, the, the the issue is going to be well, are we seeing inflation rising just because of energy and and food prices for that matter, or is this a, a broadening of inflationary pressures? And and that that's where. Uh, things can get tricky for from a central bank perspective, uh, and at the moment, 
you know, the risk is that we still see those, those broadening pressures um, and that will, will keep the pressure on, on central banks to keep hiking aggressively. Um, for, for China, the, you know, the, what we've seen is that as much as the economy is, is still struggling, there's a housing market in particular under a lot of pressure and the consumer um, a very anemic. Um, the, the central bank is not very keen on, on lowering interest rates at the moment, and we don't expect a change in, in that LPR rates either this today. So um, as steady as you go, basically, in China. And, and finally, in terms of the story for the U.S., house prices or the, the housing market is becoming a little bit more of a focus. So, so that, that reading in terms of existing home sales uh, will be interesting, which is expected to decline yet again after the big decline that we had mm. in the previous month. And earnings season as well, of course. Uh, so Tesla uh, is on Wednesday after the U.S. market closed. So a bit to go before that happens. Uh, they are actually being taken to court in Germany as well, by the way, for false claims on CO2 emissions, the argument being that Tesla sells its emissions reductions to other manufacturers as, as offsets. So that's not actually reducing carbon dioxide, which is a fair point. Just shows how crazy some carbon trading schemes are, I guess. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and of course, Netflix as well. So uh, lots going on today. Uh, but good to have you on, Rodrigo. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Cheers. And Netflix, just before we go, they lost 1 million subscribers during the second quarter, which I think is about half what was projected. And they expect to get them all back. Well, maybe not exactly the same people, but they expect to get another million back in the next quarter. So Netflix investors, very happy this morning. Always mixed news, isn't it, these days? That's it for the morning call for today. I'm Phil Dobby, back again for another one tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.